Hello, my friends. It is it is another week of the strange COVID-19 spring 2020. Today we are indoors rather than on a nature walk because it's quite windy out there and boy are my allergies acting up. I went outside and wandered around nearby my house just so I could go in the woods a bit and at least pull our card out there. And then I've brought it back in to contemplate. I'd like to say thank you everyone who has been listening, who has sent me just nice little bits of feedback about the readings, and who have purchased readings for themselves. That's all very awesome, and I very deeply appreciate it, you guys. Um, our card this time is interesting. I find reversals interesting in general in the tarot. And if you'll allow me, I'm just going to blather about that for a little bit. There are different ways of reading retrograde planets in astrology. And there are different ways of reading reversed cards, upside down cards, in the tarot. Some people don't read them. Some card makers, like Cat Black, who does the golden tarot that I love so much, uh, she has written that she prefers just not to use reversals at all. And I will sometimes read like that. We just turn the cards right side up, and that's how we read them. But there's actually, I think there's a little more, um, a lot of people in the tarot world tend to tend to treat these reversals kind of like, um, like it's a recipe, like we always know exactly what they mean. I find that they're trying to draw my attention in a special way to a card. They usually require a little extra, a little extra time. They remind me a little of in the I Ching when you throw a um, a changing line in the I Ching. If you're familiar with that oracular system, you throw the coins, and if you land in a certain pattern, that's a line that changes. So you end up reading your first uh, hexagram reading, and then it translates into a different one. So it shows you, you read both of those out of your I Ching book, and the I Ching is showing you that a path is emerging. The stuff is changing. I find that, not always, but oftentimes in the tarot, a reversed card is kind of doing the same thing. It's jumping out upside down and saying, look at me. Look at the potential for the typical reversed meanings of a card, which would be things like stagnation or stuckness, or some of them you read kind of like, this is the opposite of how the card would be right side up. You know what though? A lot of time, that's not really what the card's about. So there's a, And if you go read a bunch of different tarot books, look at a bunch of tarot websites, you will see there's a huge smorgasbord of possible uh, kind of cookbook recipe definitions of how you should read that card. And then in real life, doing your readings, well, then there's a zillion more possibilities. This reversal that I pulled today felt to me like it was showing up reversed and that it was really wanting to turn right side up quite soon for us, or that it wanted to draw attention so that we would say, this card is actually coming into an upright position, but we're going to have to help it get there. 
I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. If you're into astrology, you might think of this as a retrograde planet stationing before it goes direct. Of course, when something's in the heavens, we don't actually have to push on it at all. <laughs> so you're going, all right, what card is it? I saw the world on that picture. It was the world card that I drew. But when it first came out, it was upside down. And like I said, I felt like it was just immediately going like, mm, we want to go right side up. What is the world? Well, I'm using the Smith Rider Weight Tarot deck today. That's kind of the, um, the most common 20th century deck, I would say, in our culture. And a lot of the decks that you see nowadays are based on this one. So this illustration by Pamela Coleman-Smith, a.k.a. Pixie, depicts a nude woman wrapped around a little bit with a bit of silk. She's holding two batons. She is in an oval shape, like a sort of like a laurel wreath, but it's in a full oval. The top and bottom, there are red ribbons wrapped around in a sort of infinity pattern. There are four figures in the corners of the world, and these have various esoteric meanings, and maybe I'll go into them this time. I often I often don't. I try to step back from the uh, hermetic, you know, order of the golden dawn types of, of meanings embedded in these. That can be that can be a bit of a trap, but some of it's worth exploring. This is card number 21 in the Major Arcana, also known as the Keys, the Trumps, the idea being that the tarot is divided into two sections, the Pips um, or Minor Arcana are more like a regular playing card deck, and then we've got this nice progression. It starts with card number zero, the Fool. And it goes all the way up to card number 21, the world. So whenever we draw this card, it says to me, something's culminating. We're coming, some part of our lives is trying to come to a head. It's trying to show us that we've been in maybe a longer cycle than we realize. Like sometimes in our minds we say, um... Maybe you look back on your life. So I'm going to look back on my life and I'll say, oh, well, there was that whole, there was my New York phase, late 90s, moved to New York City. And there were all sorts of things that happened in New York City. And I can kind of um, compartmentalize them. I can consider them stuff that just happened in that place, in that time. The geography enables me to kind of just wrap it up and put it away. If, however, I instead looked at it as um, the time that I was in New York and I read that self-help book in the author's house that I was house-sitting for about people who are afraid to commit to relationships and I realized that it wasn't just my boyfriend, it was I who couldn't commit to relationships and that set off this whole chain of events resulting in now I've been married to my partner for, I don't know, lots of years. We have a child and I have a stepdaughter. 
If I look at it that way, my New York phase isn't a couple years at the end of the 90s with some good friends, some good drink, and some good work in the internet agency branding field. Instead, it becomes, oh, reading that book, breaking up with my boyfriend from that time, that was sending me on this huge journey that I'm still in and will probably be in my whole life. I'm bringing up that example. I mean, it's just coming to me as I'm speaking to just show you how easy it is to tell yourself a story about a segment of your life. You get to decide when the segment starts and ends. And sometimes changing that story is useful. And I feel that this week when we pull the, the world card, we're being asked to reconsider what our story is. And if we're coming to some kind of culmination in our lives, it might not be just the culmination of phase one of COVID. It might not be, um, this is the day that I uh, publish my book, so it's the end of the three-year period of writing this book. It might not be, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of culminating this period of time where I've been uh, trying to actually retire. Things like that that we do in our lives. Or this is the phase where um, my child goes off to college. The world comes up today to tell us we are culminating large phases in our lives. Our little handful of people listening to this. Those phases might be deeper and longer than we would think when we first think of like, oh, here's a phase, I'm coming to its end, whatever. It might be something that goes a lot deeper. It will take a lot longer to end and resolve itself than perhaps we would like. The card comes up today to ask us to put our attention there so that as this thing, this thing is like, inside of our guts. It's in our way of living and relating to others. It's in all this crazy stuff we're learning right now. It wants to become a little more consciously understood. And so it's saying to us, you're in a bigger phase. It affects your love life, your family life, your role in your community, and it definitely affects your relationship to the world. For many of us, that looks like practical matters. Um, money. Money's a big thing that can come up in the world card. Also, reputation. How we are seen, how we are perceived. So there's some big phase, some bigger, deeper thing that each of us has been working on, some of us unconsciously, for years, for years. And as we happen to be in this time, toward the middle end of May 2020, there are some very rich fruits to be had by allowing ourselves to become more conscious of these large phases, trends, Long-term journeys. They do not have to be relegated to uh, to matters of you know money and career. 
but they, they show up in real life. So if your big phase that you're working on has to do with how you handle your expectations and hopes around, uh, around how you want people to see you, you want to be seen as an authority, you want to be seen as a wild woman, you want to be seen as that super smart guy, maybe it's something around that for some of us right now. Looking at a, a piece of our self-image that is perhaps out of date and we're projecting that out to other people. Why are we doing that? So as I'm speaking, I hope that something will be burbling up in your mind that may not directly relate to what I'm saying, but that'll burble up. If you have a tarot deck and you want to look at the world upside down or right side up, go ahead and take out the card and meditate for a while. And just see if something floats up for you. While I've been blathering away here, you may have thought of something already. It may have been quite literal. Like, what happened to my music career? I miss my band. Or it may have been something a little tougher to grasp. Like, well, there's, there's this little feeling in me, and it's down in my belly, and I have a doubt or a grief about who I thought I was going to be or where I thought I would be in my life by this age or I'm supposed to be out there accomplishing a whole bunch of stuff right now. Any of these would be good things to pursue with regard to our world reversal that we're going to slowly turn around. I thought I was this Maybe I'm that. I thought I was working on a project for six months, but what I've really been, re been shown, what I've revealed to myself, is that this is part of a much greater work that maybe lasts my whole lifetime. Or at least it's like at seven years or 20 years Find that deeper one, that longer one. Maybe it's harder to um, put your finger on. I would suggest giving yourself a couple days to toy with these ideas. The world card is here to show us that we're having trouble manifesting something. We're, having, we're getting to a stuck place in finishing out a long and large and deep and important cycle in our lives. The feeling of disruption or having to wait, feeling of maybe not being able to integrate current information about what we're doing, like maybe you feel like emotionally you're not really bringing in everything that's going on and working on it. All of these things can cause our world card to stay upside down for a while. You know what? It's actually fine. It's usually uncomfortable. But we can take our time here. We can take our time. The important thing, I think, is to take the time and to have the balls, the ovaries, the what-have-yous to really confront, confront this idea that there's a larger cycle. It needs to come to fruition. We need to be in awareness Oftentimes there's some kind of veil that we have put up between ourselves and some truth. 
some truth about ourselves that we don't want to deal with, or just about the passage of time, the inevitability of death. Can't get through a tarot reading without talking about death, you guys. Not burning tarot. That's my gig. Marching towards death. Or the frailty of our bodies. So I encourage you this week to dig in deep. Find the quiet places where stuff can bubble up for you. And you'll start to be aware of what your stuck world is what thing is just not quite get the, the, the its energy just can't get quite done it can't flow through it's got some blockage this world card wants to resolve itself pretty soon soonish and it really wants to draw our attention to those areas that we've been neglecting or um it can also be uh, ground that is overworn. We can get to that same stuck place in our larger, more important cycle by revisiting the same thing over and over and over. I would say if you've been doing that, like say there's a particular issue, um, what would it be? Um, here's one for me. Here's one thing that recurs in my life. You know, why haven't I written a work of middle reader you know, kids, fantasy fiction. When I was a kid, I read that stuff. It blew my mind. I still read it. Now I read it to my kids. I make up stories for them, but I never write one of these. When I was a kid, I said I was going to grow up and write those. I've totally failed, dude. So that would be an example from my own life of something that's recurring. If I were in a phase where I was obsessing on that, yet still not writing that book... This would be a good time to say, okay, coming back and beating myself up about not writing that book or using the same methodologies over and over to try unsuccessfully to write that book, it ain't working. Stop. Stop. Your story might be some totally other thing from your life. It could be a positive thing. Well, here's something I do really well. Whatever else happens, I've sure handled my investments well. You know, okay, is that a story you tell yourself every day? Um, Is there a way that that is blocking your energy from moving forward? You leave your investments in the same place all the time. You don't move them. Money is energy. Or maybe they need to be moved to a fund with greater social responsibility, even if it doesn't have as high of returns to support your lifestyle. So I hope I'm getting this across. We're looking for a deeper, bigger trend cycle thingamajig that is stuck, that will show up in our real lives, in what we do, how our relationships play out, and uh, our every our everydayness, where we live, etc. The world wants to come to a conclusion of this cycle. It wants to wrap some things up. Um, I think the best way to get at it is to not obsess, but to drift and let that energy flow. The way to flow is different for everyone. And for some of us, it's different every time we get into flow. 
So drop into a flow mode that works for you. That might mean playing the guitar. That might mean taking a long walk and letting your mind drift towards nature and away from thinking about politics and viruses. Some sorts of meditation can be a good entry to flow for many people. If if a certain kind of meditation that you've been taught does not drop you into flow, don't try to force it to do that here. Do something that works for you. That might be like, I have to be sipping a cup of tea and knitting and listening to Bach. And then things flow. For me, it's definitely in the like dance, music, poetry, taking a walk kind of department. Not always, but usually. Painting, I'm a terrible painter, untrained, but that's another type of flow release valve for me. I think when we're in flow is when we're going to learn what this world card is for each of us at this particular time. There are the four characters in the corners of the world card. And that's kind of interesting for where we are right now because um, traditionally these derive from Christian mythology and they come from Revelations. The book of Revelation is something that I read many times as a child. (laughs) I don't know what that did to my brain, but I was also visited by Jesus and all kinds of things happened. So um, this is the last book in the Christian Bible in the New Testament. And it basically describes the end of the world. It's a big apocalyptic showdown. And in there are uh, referenced the throne of God and then these beasts. And there's a lion-like beast who moves forward. That would be the lion, also representing Leo in astrology and representing the element of fire. And you'll see that in the lower right of this world card. And then if we kind of go clockwise from there, the next beast uh, was a calf. What we see here looks more like a young bull, representing also Earth and Taurus. Next up is a guy, and that would represent Aquarius. And uh, the fourth beast was an eagle. And we can think of eagles that we have. I have golden eagles around here. Also bald eagles we'll see here and there. Um, But in mythology and in 20th century storytelling, the eagle will often be, you know, some giant flying beast that has very special wild powers that are kind of outside of the normal power structure of things. Um, and eagle somehow corresponds to Scorpio, from what I understand, uh, rather than to air. Interesting. And that's water. So these, uh, these little gizmos in the top corners of the world or universe cards, depending which deck you're looking at, your tradition, you can, you know, it's tarot. You can read that however you like. Many people look at who's in the center, and they'll say, well, she's the fifth element, These four are the four elements. She's the fifth element, you know, just like that Baz Luhrmann movie. Um, Some people want to say, well, well, she represents that which is desired. You know, 
our sense of fulfillment and kind of uh, having goals and getting them. I think that is a very understandable and very sexist way of trying to deal with this card. I would say we are the lady in the center. We are holding the two batons. We are floating in air, exemplifying something beautiful. And we do this whether we're in a mood to um, feel grumpy about our lives and unfulfilled, or we're in the mood where we feel like, I am the world and I'm the center of the universe. Um, whichever way it goes, we're, we're still there. We're, we, <laughs> we may not always be able to see how glorious our manifestation is. We may not always be able to appreciate our centrality in our own lives, but it's there. And right now it's there on this card to tell us um, there's a cycle that needs to complete. It's going to take all four elements. It's going to take our awareness. It's going to take our flow. And then we will uh, we'll start to feel things getting unstuck. And like I said, I think I think this may take a little while. It's fun to go into flow and try to picture what's stuck because flow is not stuck, right? And sometimes the act of dropping into a state of flow, that in itself unsticks our energies and they just start doing their own thing. We don't necessarily have to understand it or put words on it. So speaking of putting words on things, in last week's podcast, I, I said... Um, we talked about having a like a cathartic ritual. Mine ended up really just being physical. It was about my physical body. It did not require a burning ritual. It required a lot of uh, physical meditation and movement and taking care of my body and uh, meditating in the bath, this sort of thing. So it was kind of fun. And I had mentioned in that one, it's that we can get somewhere even if we can't name the thing that we need to release. Even if we can't name it, we can get rid of it. Or we can give it the option of exiting. Uh, one of you got back to me saying like, I can't name it, I can't name it. And um, I just want to say, I think it can be worked with even if we can't slap a name on it. I, I have a couple names I could throw on mine, but the work I did was subverbal. It did not require having a clear verbal grip and a, and a nice little word and a nice little story and explanation to put on this deeper feeling and these physical sensations I needed to deal with. So as we approach our world card and the idea of wrapping up a larger cycle and working on some deeper, maybe more awkward issues and energies... We could bring that same approach. We may be brought to a point where we have a verbal thing. We have a story. We know exactly what we're talking about. We're going to move that energy. And it might not be that way. It might be fuzzy and vague. And we just have to let it kind of bubble up while we're in our flow states. If you can't slap a name on it, I wouldn't worry about it too much. If you, if you get something resembling a name or you can wrap a couple sentences around the vagueness, send them to me, burningtarot at gmail.com. I will be very interested to hear what you've experienced. 
I hope you have a lovely week and many blessings and inner hugs and all that sort of goodness. Bye-bye.